0: Broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. i have
1: to kick you, you know what, today!
0: We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. That is right. Uh, you know what that music... Uh sets up. Uh, it's that time of week. We normally do this on Friday, but uh, it's DeMond's birthday tomorrow, so we're all taken off to celebrate uh, DeMond's, DeMond's birthday. He's on his way to Tennessee, which, by the way, Dr. Odell spends a lot of time uh, in Tennessee, and, and of course, I that's sure who... Do. Yep, absolutely. And I that's saw more
1: rain in Tennessee Monday and Tuesday and I've seen it in Las Vegas in twenty five years.
0: Yeah, what's up with that, Doctor Odell? I, when I was when when I moved here, I was told, "Hey, uh, there will be monsoon season, and it's going to be." I I haven't seen any of that. What's going on,
1: Vinny? I don't know, but I could be even I could be a weatherman here.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> one of the
1: one of the one of the anchors said that once. It was hilarious. Uh, well, it's the same every day. I just I almost, I almost actually it isn't. Occasionally, it has problems, but. Man, I, my wife told me Tuesday morning that uh, there was the the Weather Channel featured Johnson City, the Tri Cities area, and Atlanta. Well, guess where I had to fly from oh, Tri Cities wow. to Atlanta to here. I didn't figure I'd get home until this afternoon.
0: <laughs> oh boy! Well, and we're talking to <laughs> we're, we're talking to Dr. Robert Odell from the Las Vegas from the pain, uh, neurop- Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. But you bring up a good point, Dr. Odell, because I do a lot of traveling as well, and you go to certain cities, and the the weather. Person is sometimes the star of the whole newscast because it's important. Like I remember one time being in Oklahoma City where, like, there was a there was a tornado coming or some big huge storm coming, and and I was like, okay, whatever. I, I hear lives. that, yeah, yeah, they save lives. Yes, they, no they doubt have, about it, no doubt yeah. about it. And and for you know people who work outdoors, farmers, people, that's it's important stuff. You have to know, uh, you know, when all that is coming. But, uh, I, but yeah. I
1: recommend the Weather Channel. There's some great stuff on there, uh, The good weather facts. It, it's kind of interesting. I stopped watching uh, the news after the election. I won't go into that. But uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's awesome. The, the Weather Channel is really cool. It talks about the, what a derecho is. And anyway, it, it's fantastic. I also got to tell you, uh, Tuesday night I got to play junior emergency physician. I was in first class, and there was a uh, a kid had an allergic reaction. Oh, so boy. I, jumped up and I ran back I almost got taken out by that uh, netting between first class and and uh, the other classes I made it back there I said geez I hope somebody has some epinephrine well the kid was okay you know he wasn't an extremist at all he looked a little off and I stayed there for 15 20 minutes reassured everybody but scared the hell out of me but I got to tell you Delta has the most amazing medical packs there medical professionals have to open them but they have they have epinephrine they have all kinds of good stuff. And, of course, I know how to use that stuff, but it was it was kind of scary. But, you know, it's,
0: it's, well, it's uh, why we're there. You know? Yeah, uh, Johnny on the spot, obviously, uh, Dr. Robert O'Dell. Um, and uh, thanks, thankfully, for being in the right place at the right time uh, to, to, well, to save the day.
1: One time, one time I was on a southwest flight, and Lily was hypotensive, low blood pressure, like 80. And somebody else was watching her airway, and she was breathing everything. So I started an IV on her, and I was standing there in the exit row which is Southwest first class. And I, uh, being facetious, and I sat there with the with this IV and I was squeezing it. And everybody, I looked at everybody around me and I said, yeah, in my other life, I'm an IV pole. So that kind of, everybody kind of laughed. I had to decide if the plane was diverted. Fortunately, our pressure came up to 100. So we didn't have to do that. And I felt comfortable. But think of the responsibility if, if I'd have been wrong.
0: Oh, boy. Well, that there wasn't was going to happen. Born. There was a
1: 29-week-old baby-born on a flight to Hawaii, three hours, and, and uh, there were three NICU nurses. Yesterday it happened, and as one of my patients told me today, she's an OBGYN nurse at uh, UMC, or mm-hmm. was, nurse practitioner now. And she, uh, I guess they kept the baby alive. And, uh, oh, my God.
0: Just, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I read that story. There's some interesting tidbits to that story about uh, on that flight to Hawaii. So uh, if you and haven't NICU read the NICU st-
1: nurses, you know, neonatal ICU nurses. You know, man, right. 29 weeks, you know, they always intubate them, put a tube down for the first few days, even if they don't get re- rid right. stress distress syndrome. But, oh, my God, what a miracle.
0: Absolutely. Um, and, by the way, if you ever, when you are watching the Weather Channel, don't don't be surprised. I'm not sure if you're a baseball fan, but Mike Trout from the uh, uh, Angels in, in, in Anaheim. I know. He's a huge, <laughs> huge weather person. Like, literally, he chases hurricanes and tornadoes and things like that. He'll go to the heart, like during the off season and report on oh, crazy weather. Really? He's, yeah, oh, yeah, he loves it. He, and he, <laughs> he, he breaks it down. I know we're, we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but it's actually pretty funny and interesting. Like he knows his stuff. It's just a, a, a hobby of his and a fascination of his. So whenever there's crazy weather somewhere, he'll talk your ear off about it, <laughs> explaining it. So uh, one, hey, I don't have be a, surprised. I
1: have, a, I have a Mike Trout hat. It's my favorite hat. There you My go. wife and her parents grew up in the shadow of Anaheim Stadium, so I'm a Died-in-the-Wool Angels fan.
0: There you go. Uh, and he is the best player uh, in baseball and arguably is. I know, is it's a shame. At, he,
1: you know, right? I mean, that, yeah, yeah.
0: I know what you're talking about. All right, so because we. I think,
1: Vinny, if, if, if I'm wrong, tell me, but the, the, if there's a dominant player in basketball, that can make a big difference. You know, baseball, I think football may be second, like a quarterback or something like that. But baseball, it's kind of diluted a little bit. It has, really has to be a team. You're only up every nine uh, nine batters, you know?
0: It's, it's – it, well, and he's the perfect example because there's nobody – it's not even close how much better he is compared to everybody else, all the other better players. Like he's decidedly better than a next best player who's really, really good himself – Um, And it's not gotten him anything, to be honest with you, because the team around him hasn't been good enough. So you're absolutely right. He can only do what he can do, and it's what, four at-bats per game? And yeah. not enough to be able to overcome pitching, you know, uh, issues. And and then if you're if you're not good in the eight other batters, or not strong enough with the eight other batters, you know, um, you're gonna you're gonna lose a bunch of games in spite of the fact that you have the best player. I would just love to see him. I know you're an Angels fan, and obviously I cover the Angels and the Dodgers. Let's, let's go down. Let's
1: go down to a game
0: sometime. All right, absolutely. I, I just kind of I I wish every once in a while he played on you know one of the premier teams to get a chance to go only Except the yankees yes exactly no way dude uh, exactly he, the, <laughs> funny he he grew up in new jersey he was a huge met fan and the, and the mets fans and uh, or met fan and and they didn't draft him uh insanely so neither did the yankees i don't think i think the yankees could have drafted him too oh but, he wasn't he
1: didn't go first or
0: anything no no he was for some reason you know he, he was i I want to say he was in the twenties or, or somewhere around there, you know, coming out of high school. So um, the Angels scooped him up. He didn't go to college? Nope straight to uh, straight to the pro, you know, to the minor leagues from uh, from from uh, high school. So, and the rest wow. is history. The rest is absolutely history. All right, so we're talking about uh, Mike Trout and uh, any other and weather um, and any other any other professional athlete, any kind of an athlete. There's always going to be. At human beings too, uh, issues with the knees, and that's what we want to talk about—the um, knees—and uh, and obviously it's hugely important to what we do and walking and supporting us and and every and when you want to be athletic. But there's there's issues with the knees, and uh, I wanted you to 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 talk about what you guys are able to do uh, at the neuropathy and pain center uh, when people start feeling the effects of life you know, uh, w- w- in the knee specifically.
1: Well, I would really like everybody listening, uh, uh, if, if their parents or grandparents, uh, to, to hear me out. And also, uh, you know, if, if you have a pain doctor in your area, uh, you know, away from my clinic, please feel free to go to the doc if they do the same stuff I do. But there is no reason to have a total knee replacement, in my opinion. Total hip, it's different. It's a very benign operation. The, hurt, the hip hurts way more before and way less after. My sister was hiking after both of her total hips. Total knees, however, have a real problem. They have about a 20-plus percent. I saw a couple people today with total, hip, total knee replacements that still hurt. Uh, and we actually can help them, too. But there is no reason now to have a total knee replacement, in my opinion, unless there's major trauma or something, you know. And the reason is is because we can do... About three things to interrupt the nerve pathways. The first thing we can do is put some visco supplementation in there, which is um, is is the is the the, uh, Cox, uh, the uh, uh, rooster comb stuff that you've heard of. It's the the gooey stuff that's in your knee. That that can help early stages of osteoarthritis. Medicare allows you to to give uh, amniotic fluid uh, called flower flow. Um, and uh, you can do that, although they're, they're going to determine on May 18th if they're going to keep that program going. That actually regenerates the knee, and we usually do that after we give a couple of doses of Hymovis or the, um, you know, the, uh, the visco supplementation. Now, if that fails, you can also, the, there's nerves to the knees called the genicular nerves. There's four nerves, but usually the nerves that innervate the knee joint, the, the joint is going to... Uh, give you pain. I mean, the, the nerves are going to carry the pain signals. They can be blocked. And in many cases, there's a dominant one. We can block those. And if that nerve can be blocked successfully, we can actually do two things. We can burn the nerve with a radio frequency, which I've done many times successfully, even for people with total knees. And the second thing is, we can put in a spinal, a, a, a peripheral nerve stimulator. That's a tiny little worm looking thing that's, it's, I can put it in even though I'm not a surgeon you know like a little you know one centimeter incision and uh, you put it in and then you have a wearable transmitter that uh, will help you uh, will, will will not only give the power but also the signal to block these pain uh, these pain uh, signals so uh, there are m- several really really good options for uh, uh for for knee pain number one being the the PRP or, or uh, amniotic fluid uh, um, from the uh, placenta, number two being burning the genicular nerves, and number three being uh, this uh, something called stim wave. It's a, a peripheral nerve stimulator. I've, I have not put one in the knee yet, uh, although I'm slated to put about five or six in Tennessee in a couple weeks, but um, there, uh, uh, the, uh, the rep here is terrific, and we put four or five, uh five or six trials which have all been successful in three or four uh permanents in different parts of the body and it's been it's been life saving. I mean uh it's it's really is uh, uh, uh amazing. And it's not a spinal cord stimulator. It's not in your spine, although those work well too. It's 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 not as scary for patients because it's peripheral. And of course a lot of this stuff I'm saying is technical jargon but You know, I'm happy to talk to anybody on the phone or see them at the office or whatever if they need more information because the word doctor means to teach. And my most, even though I love to do procedures, you know, I live for that, the most important thing is doing these procedures for the right reasons, teaching the patient, telling them what their options are. And that's also, uh, uh, that's probably the most important part of, of our jobs.
0: Which is why I urge everybody listening to give the doctor a call uh, over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas at 702-257-7246. We say this all the time. Go ahead.
1: Really, what everybody really needs to remember, there are so many people that have knee uh, osteoarthritis in this town that even if you're on the other side of town, you want me to direct you to somebody that's like-minded with me, I'd be happy to look it up and do that because I feel so strongly... uh, uh, about about knee pain because there just is no need to have a tonal knee replacement, uh, at least with the information I have available right now. And, and these m- things hurt afterwards.
0: They yeah, really do. absolutely. And then, like I said, uh, give the doctor a call, 702-257-7246. You don't have to deal with pain just because you're getting uh, older. Um, Dr. Odell and uh, the staff at, at uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Center in Las Vegas will explain that to you. You don't have to be John Wayne. Uh, you don't have to grit your teeth and bear with it just because you're getting old. And furthermore, you don't have to, you know, like like the doctor said, if you don't need a full knee replacement, what, you know, there's other alternatives to that. And I, I have to ask you, Dr. Odell, you know, I don't want to get you, you know, uh, on the bad side of other doctors and whatnot, but is there a reason why sometimes – um, and you don't have to answer this if you if you don't want to. But is there a reason why when it's not really needed, it's being pushed?
1: Well, you know, the doctor has to make his Mercedes payment. You know, I don't know. I mean, most orthopedic surgeons I know are terrific, and uh, 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 Mark Salvina is the best hip doctor I've ever met. He did my both of my sisters' total hips did beautifully. She was hiking two weeks later. But give me an example. People who have knee pain, a lot of times they put steroids and local anesthetic in. That actually, those two uh, substances are actually toxic to the joint. And I, I suspect five years from now, the go-to will be PRP or uh, stem cells or something like that, and the insurance companies will cover it because they're going to have to. And because uh, because I'm not going to do steroids or, or local anesthetic in the knee anymore. I'm just not, or, or any joint. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to go to PRP if the patient can pay for it. Unfortunately, that's cash. Or the flower flow if they have Medicare. Because um, I feel very strongly I, I'm going to be associating with a world-class um, regenerative medicine doctor named George, George Cheng Xian. He's going to be coming over here uh, three or four days a month. He's written over 120 papers in this field, and he's just terrific. Uh, plus, he's a character. Uh, <laughs> But he just, he's taught me the anatomy of the shoulder and the knee uh, like nobody else using the ultrasound. With the ultrasound device that we have, we can see so many things and we can actually show them to the patient. Um, So uh, I'm just excited about it because there's stuff we can do now that we just couldn't do several years ago that can help people with minimally invasive uh, uh, procedures. I have a medical legal case right now where... uh, they jump to spine surgery in the neck and they might have just been able to get away with uh, treating the facets of three orders of magnitude safer procedure i don't want to give any more details of that it wouldn't be ethical but but um... you know you always gotta try to do the most uh, either the least invasive uh, option uh... you know for a variety of reasons safety and cost and uh, and the patient well-being before you go on to the more advanced and more invasive uh... uh procedures
0: Dr. Odell, I know that um, you know sometimes you know uh, patients come to you with a pain level of seven or eight, um, and so I'm sure it ranges. Uh, but let's talk specifically about the knee. Um, what at what level should somebody say, you know, what it's time for me to go get it looked at by a Dr. Odell? Uh, give them a call at 702-257-7246. What level of pain uh, should we be talking about to say, it's time to go get this checked out and see if there's some alternatives? So, A, I could get some relief, and B, it doesn't get even worse.
1: Well, I can't give you a pain score because everybody's pain score is different. Got it. Whenever they think they should, whatever it bothers them, they should go. Right. Whenever it bothers them, they should go. I have a, 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 a shoulder problem, and Dr. Cheng Chen did a, ultrasound of it, it's kind of a mess, I, um, I got um, cross-body block skiing and did a, got a non-displaced fracture of the humerus, the, uh, the, you know, the ball bone, mm-hmm. and I didn't rehab it properly, and a, uh, a couple months ago I started hurting like heck, all kinds of stuff going down my arm, uh, such that now when patients give all these weird symptoms, I believe them, but anyway, I have, a, I have some issue going on there, and I'm, you know, I'm left-handed, well, I'm ambidextrous, it's, it's my dominant hand, and I'm just putting up with it right now, but I've got to do something about it. You know, I mean, I can't examine myself. I kind of know what it is, but because but, I know the drill, it's a little different. But at such time as it starts to get worse, I'm going to see somebody and, hey, we've got to do something about this. Right now I can, I can put up with it. But for the, for the layman, I don't have to walk on my shoulder. You have to walk on your knees, and that's the problem. And the other thing that's really important is I don't want anybody to have knee pain, knees giving out, and things like that, with a risk of falling because you could break a hip for no reason. That's that's a that's a huge issue. Medicare uh, used to, and I don't know if they still do, pay for balance training, and it's so important because uh, uh, did you know that there's one chance in three of a person over 65 falling in one year?
0: I there's no doubt about that, and yeah. and I I've I mean,
1: already I've already fallen once this year, so you know.
0: Yeah, and and, and we all know people, you know, uh, older people in our in our lives uh, throughout our lives where I mean I've You know, to be perfectly frank, uh, I had a a great aunt who passed away uh, after falling and hitting her head. uh, Chick Hearn. Vinny,
1: Vinny, Vinny, a lot of people don't know this, but the mortality rate after a total hip uh, uh, pinning is 20% in the first year. And I unfortunately had a patient die on me on the table many years ago here in Las Vegas in the the, the middle 90s. Uh, That's more dramatic, but... uh, um, it, it it's it's not. I mean, I've seen I've done anesthesia for tons of, of uh, hip pinnings, and the patients do great. But man, the best the best uh, medicine is prevention. If you think you need a cane, get one. If you think you need a walker, get one. There's no stigma at all, at all.
0: No, absolutely uh, right about that. And I was going to mention Chick Hearn, the great Laker announcer, or, or uh, play-by-play guy, oh, getting, yeah. ga- getting gas in Sherman Oaks, I think it was, and he fell. And we lost Chick Hearn, uh, because of that. So it, it I happened. I know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, um, if you're starting to feel pain, if you're starting to feel discomfort, um, at whatever age, um, you know, uh, it's time, just get it looked at. You don't have to, again, grit your teeth through it and think that it's just the natural progression of things. It is the natural progression of things, but it doesn't mean you have to deal with it. There's alternatives and there's and medicine. you don't have to
1: come to me, you know? It, 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 you know, if your pain doctor knows what he's doing, maybe they offer some of these things. So I think we do offer some stuff that some uh, procedures a lot of people don't. But um, there's there's so many people out there I mean, I've had people come to me with neck pain who said, I didn't know you could fix this. Right. Neck pain with uh, radiofrequency is one of the most rewarding things that we do.
0: There I, you think, go.
1: I, I think I owe one or two failures, uh, you know, for some complex reasons. I've never had a failure in the thoracic spine, uh, which is kind of rare. The low back's a little more complicated because there's more going on down there. But uh, it's just a wonderful procedure. And uh, that, that radiofrequency burning is something that's done outside the spine it's not inside the spine so it's uh you know it's a very common it's because arthritis of the facet joints basically
0: right well that's why we love to have dr odell come on each week to to talk about things that we all deal with and if we're not dealing with it personally we know somebody who is um and 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 that's just the reality of life Uh, So, again, uh, give the doctor a call, 702-257-7246, the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. They'll get you right, whatever the pain is. Uh, that you're dealing with, and if they can't help you, the doctor, as as he's expressed many times on this show, he's, he's an honest enough and good enough person that he's going to point you in the direction if they can't oh, take yeah. care of you. So Absolutely. never, yeah. ever worry about that. Um, uh, Dr. Odell, the uh, Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas, 702-257-7246. Thanks for having, uh, thanks for uh, spending some time with us in the huddle this week, Dr. Odell. We will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Okay, Vinny. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. You you got it. That's Dr. Robert O'Dell from the Neuropathy and Pain Center. We always love having him on because he teaches and he has solutions. Give them a call, 702-257-7246. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show, text Vinny at 69187, or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM.
1: I think there's some guys on our team that are, are, you know, if they're still around, you know, they're going to have to learn how to sacrifice some things because uh, if we want to go where we want to go,
0: you have to be able to sustain it. That was Raiders quarterback Derek Car uh, talking um, January third, I believe that was uh, in Denver. The Raiders closed out their season um, with a win over the Denver Broncos. Obviously, we knew, we know that uh, this season didn't end well for for the Raiders. Uh, they were six and three at one point, looking at the uh, possible playoff run. Uh, it didn't come to fruition. You know, and Derek Carr, um, the question was asked of him. You know, what's it going to take, basically? Uh, to finish seasons strong, they haven't been able to finish these last two seasons strong. Uh, earlier in the show, uh, talking about, I think in 2019, uh, it was more of a talent issue. I just didn't feel like watching that Raiders team. They were there yet um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they didn't, you know, as Darren Waller was on the was on offense. You know, Josh Jacobs was there on offense. Derek Carr was on was on offense, but there wasn't you know uh it just the the offense they averaged 19 points a game that year that tells tells you what you need to know and then certainly not on defense um it was a lot of interchange you know players coming and going uh, there were injuries they just weren't good enough defensively that was not a team that i felt like when i got to oakland in november of 2019 and i really started looking into this team and watching this team it was like okay there's some holes that this team needs to fix, and even last year it got better. I thought uh, the personnel got better on on, on defense. Um, I think there were some things that conspired against uh, that defense. It was very very young. There wasn't an off season. There were a lot of injuries. I think the coaching wasn't up to par. Um, but I, I thought they 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 addressed some issues on the roster, and I think they've they've, they've done that uh, again this year. But as Derek Carr talked about, uh, first and foremost, or part of the equation is going to have to be the Raiders figuring out better ways to finish, and that means, like he just talked about, you know, sacrificing, being able to um, push aside things that you know, the fun things that we all like to do, um, in order to get better sleep, in order to eat right, uh, in order to uh, maintain your body better so that come December you're in a much better position to deliver physically and you know that's been an issue part of it wasn't just talent these last couple of years although that was a big part of it Uh, it wasn't just youth it was not it was players not being able to be out on the field and there's a variety of reasons why sometimes it's just bad luck injuries happen all right but it's there's a reason why a guy like Derek Carr has been able to play game in and game out, play in and play out, and why he was able to come back last year from a leg injury that, you know, maybe some other somebody else wouldn't have been out there. Maybe it wouldn't have been as important to somebody else that it was to Derek Carr. There's a reason why Derek Carr is able to play as you know as much as he does is because he takes care of himself. And he does the right thing. And he does sacrifice things in order for him to be able to put, to be able to put himself in a, in a better position to finish. And, you know, here's Derek Carr kind of expounding on that and uh, the importance of, of finishing and making that a team-wide, year-long motto and, and logo and something that they need to think about 24-7. Here's Derek Carr. Um, but we have not finished strong, and so uh, I'm—I can almost guarantee you from here on out, you know, you're going to hear me talk about,
1: you know, we got to finish, 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 and Coach Gruden's going to put it up in the in the facility. Finish, finish, finish. We're going to finish practice. We're going to finish everything we do. It's going to be something that has to be a point of emphasis for us.
0: And you know, as Derek Carr said, when you when you make something an emphasis, when you make something a priority. Generally, things change, and I think it's high time for you know um the players that are still here to heed that message. I think the Raiders did get you know Derek in that in that statement talked about. Uh, I don't know if it was in that particular clip, but what I had reread of what he had said after that game was you know some players. And then he kind of paused. If they're here next year, <laughs> if they're here next, if they're still here next year, it was like. Yeah, the writing was obviously on the wall for some guys. Hello, Trent Brown, um, and and the importance of again taking care of yourself, sacrificing a little bit uh, to be able to put yourself individually in a position of being able to sustain throughout the season and to be uh, in, in, the, in the best possible physical condition uh, come, Janu- or come December to be able to deliver for your team. And if each individual does that at a higher level, then collectively it's going to be a better situation as well. Again, there's a difference between just bad luck. When you, you know, rupture your Achilles tendon or you know, blow out your knee That's just you know the break of a bone. Those are the unfortunate aspects of professional sports, football or otherwise. Uh, But there's other physical issues that are better mitigated when you're paying more attention to it, and that means getting better sleep. That means eating right. That means uh, doing what you have to do from a recovery standpoint. Uh, to get your body right, stretching, eating right, sleeping—all of these, all of these things—I'll tell you guys a funny story, an interesting story about something as maybe innocuous as sleep and sleep patterns. Right. So this is going to take a second, but this one's a good one. So uh, Doc Rivers gets the job with the Clippers, right? Um, and so. They invite some of the media out to – we're going to go out to have lunch with Doc Rivers. And, uh, and and we're. this was like our first time that we were able to really get some quality time with Doc Rivers and talk to him. And it was – for the most part, it was off the record. It was just, you know, getting to know you. And um, so he tells this story <laughs> about – because we asked him. We were saying, you know, hey – because he, he was saying to us, you know, like what's – how can I help your job, you know, uh, you know, uh, and we're like, well, you know, access to players, you know, the time that you're, are you going to do, are you going to, are we going to talk to players before practice? Are we going to talk to players after practice? You know, just like this, the, the little things uh, that, that, that you deal with um, in professional sports. And so that conversation got us into a conversation of him talking about, you know, uh, his practice times, his normal practice times. Um, and typically speaking, a lot of teams in the NBA practice around 10 a.m. in the morning, uh, whether they're – unless they have a day off, of course. But typical schedule, whether it's after a day off or after a game, they're practicing at 10 a.m. in the morning, okay? And then we get there, and we watch part of the practice, and we're in the media room. Then we talk to the guys after practice. So um, he's like, well, hey, just to let you guys know, I like to practice a little bit later on in the afternoon, Um and we're, oh, okay. And so why? How, is there a philosophy behind that? And he's like, well, he goes, when I was, co- when I was coaching with the Boston Celtics, coaching in Boston, there was a um, professor at the University of Harvard who kept hitting me up about, hey, I want to get in to talk to you about sleep patterns and the importance of sleep in professional sports and how important it is that these guys get on a, you know, a, a good sleep schedule. And even if it means pushing your practices up, you know, uh, to, to one o'clock rather than 10 a.m. And Doc Rivers is like, oh, come on, you know, how important is that really? So he's telling us a story, you know, come on, you know, so I put him off, put him off, put him off. And so finally, um, I said, all right, you know, have a little bit of time, I'm gonna give this guy a listen, right? So this <laughs> professor comes in and visits with Doc Rivers and he, and, and he says to him, they, they meet twice. And he says to him, listen, I want you to ask your players, you can even do it anonymously, how much sleep do they, what time do they normally go to sleep after a game? All right. And, uh, and, and, and he said, you know, just ask them and tell them to be completely honest with you. And and it doesn't matter if it's because they're so wound up after a game that it takes them a while to get to sleep. Or if they like to go party after a game and it takes them a little while before they show up in bed and get some sleep. Or, or maybe they like to go get something to eat, grab dinner, a late dinner. Whatever the case might be, it doesn't matter. Just ask them what time they normally get to sleep. All your players, right? So – um so uh, he does that, you know, and he kind of gets a good idea and 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 talks again to the doctor. And he's like, why? why? Why is that so important? And so then the doctor started telling him about how you have to get eight hours of sleep. And if you don't, it, it's, it gets – your body starts reacting to it in a progressive manner so that if you go five straight days only getting six hours of sleep or whatever the um, – uh, you know, however you want to add it up. There comes a point in time where if you if you if you stack a bunch of those days without eight hours of sleep up, you're almost like legally drunk by seven days later. you know, like you can it affects you to that extent. like you're that sluggish, right? And this is why the doctor was advocating start your practices later because if you're if these guys are are, are falling asleep by average at three o'clock in the morning for whatever reason, maybe they're night owls, maybe they're hanging out, maybe they're partying, maybe they just can't, they're too you know, tightly wound up, um, but don't have them practice at 10 a.m. after a night game if they're only getting an average of five, four, six hours of sleep. You know, Push your practice back. So Doc still isn't necessarily buying this, right? And he says to the doctor, all right, here's our schedule for this coming up season. I want you to look at a game And if I don't do anything about the sleep and still have, you know, my practices at 10 a.m., I want you to point to a game where it's going to rear its ugly head, like where it's going to get where this is really going to be a factor. And so the guy looks at the schedule and he points right to a game against the Phoenix Suns uh, away, you know, in Phoenix. And so Doc's like, I mean, first of all, the Suns aren't that good. And everyone knew that. And he's like, you're going to lose this game right here if you don't do anything. So the doc's like, well, why? It's the Phoenix Suns are not that good. And the doctor says, well, look at your schedule you know, leading up to that game. And there, you know, he was able to look at, break down the schedule leading up to that game. He goes, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to play a very good game in that game if you continue with having the early morning practices. So... That Doc Doc was like, all right, whatever. And he wasn't buying it. He's like, thanks for talking to me, you know, uh, but I'll be in touch. And he never got back in touch with the guy, all right? Fast forward <laughs> to later on that season, the Celtics are playing the Phoenix Suns, all right? And. It was a sloppy game to begin with. Doc gets kicked out of the game, right? So, And he's telling us a story. He goes, in Phoenix, when you get kicked out of a game, they put you in this little cubbyhole, right? A little office, you know, some, where they have a TV in there, but that's about it. It's just you at a table watching the TV. That's where you have to stay when you get kicked out of the game in Phoenix. He goes, unfortunately, I couldn't change the channel. I'd rather have been watching golf than us getting plastered, Right? and i'm watching he goes i'm watching this game and i'm watching us just sleepwalk through this game and he goes there's a play it's an inbounds play where paul where uh uh, kevin garnett throws a lazy pass to paul uh uh, pierce coming out of a a a sideline play lazy pass worse effort by paul pierce Somebody picks it up from the Suns, goes the other direction, and just slam dunk. You know, they're down by like 18 points. He goes, I'm just sitting there. All of a sudden, I get a text. He goes, I look at my phone. And sure enough, it was the doctor from Harvard. And he said, I told you so. And he goes, and from that point on, I figured out, this guy is, might be on to something. So he completely changed his schedule, his practice schedule, after games to give his players time to fall asleep. And it wasn't because they were night owls and liking to have fun. Some guys were. Of course, that's, that's going to be the case. But more than anything, guys are wound up. Um, you know, and and you're going to get a bite to eat. Whatever the case might be, the the fact is, you account for that and give your players enough time to get enough sleep. And so it was hilarious here in us. He goes because I, but my phone's ringing. I'm like, who the heck is, Bob? you know? And there's the doctor. I told you so. And he certainly did tell him so. But as it for for what Derek Carr is talking about in terms of being diligent about taking care of yourself so that you're in the best possible position to deliver physically and mentally. This is a mental drain and a physical drain, uh, professional football seasons, any season is. And you have to be proactive as a professional athlete to deal with that. And the great ones understand that. And sometimes the great ones, there's no learning curve for that. But you can't expect all young players to get it right away. And they have to understand it and learn from it and make the necessary changes so that, again, they're in a good position physically and mentally to get through a season strong so that what happened the last year and the year before that doesn't happen. There's no guarantees in anything. But it sure helps when people do what they need to do and stay on top of everything they need to stay on top of so that collectively a team can get to December at six and three or whatever, six and four, and be able to finish the thing out rather than collapsing. Some of that is hard, bad luck, but some of it's talent, but a lot of it is guys being diligent. It's time for the Raiders to be diligent. I think that was the message that Derek Carr was sending. Last year, after the Raiders beat the Denver Broncos, and they started peeking ahead to this year, and hey, what do you guys need to do so that this doesn't happen again? Well, I think Derek Carr explained it pretty deeply on where that starts, and that starts with a mindset. You're in that huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. It's Thursday, actually, Friday, uh, for our purposes, because no show on Friday. Uh, you're in the huddle with the new Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. So we will reconvene on Monday uh, to talk more about the Raiders and the offseason and this depth chart. Uh, by the way, I don't think – I haven't gotten the um, the text yet or the, uh, the email yet about uh, the undrafted free agents officially signing. But I did a story on um, – the 10-player pers- uh, UDFA class that the Raiders put together. Uh, and don't sleep on on that. Um, you know, last year was kind of a weird year because, you know, with COVID-19 and nobody getting into the building at all, uh, really difficult for guys to, to kind of make their mark, although Javin White uh, from UNLV was able to stick as an undrafted free agent. But you go back to 2019, excuse me, yeah, 2019, uh, our good friend Alec Ingold um, made the team as an undrafted free agent, AJ Cole, the punter made the team as an undrafted free agent. Um, Andre James, who's going to be uh, uh, the Raiders starting center. He made the team as an undrafted free agent and then uh, spent the last couple of years in uh, the lab, the Tom Cable Offensive Line lab and now he's going to be the starting center for the Raiders. Uh, Keshaw Nixon. Made the team as an undrafted free agent in 2019. He's played 29 games uh, for the Raiders over the last uh, two years. So don't sleep on the undrafted free agents. Uh, There's some players that are going to make this team. And, you know, looking at uh, who they brought in, Darius, Darius, uh, sl- or Darius Stills, sorry, uh, Daria Stills, the defense, the, the, yeah, defensive tackle from the West Virginia University. I think has a good shot to make this team one way or another, uh, whether it's on the practice squad or the regular fifty-three man roster. And when you look at the Raiders' defensive line, the the, the line population, it gets really thin after twenty twenty one. I think there's only four players on that defensive line uh, that signed after this season. So you better start coming up with some depth, uh, development players right now, uh, to be in place to make an impact or, or, you know, have a bigger role after 2021. Cause all those guys, um, you know, the, the guys that they're losing or the guys that whose contracts run out. And we're talking about the Solomon Thomases and the Quentin Jeffersons, uh, Matt Dickerson, uh, Darius Phylon. These guys are on one year deals. Not all of them are going to come back. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, they're going to be good players that that leave for better deals, um, or maybe they just didn't pan out. Whatever the case might be, it behooves the Raiders to start developing some young players, and I think Adarius uh, Stills from uh, West Virginia has a chance to be uh, that kind of a player. He was very, very productive in college. Uh, junior was a little bit better than the senior year. He's not the biggest guy, six two, two 285 pounds, so that's not... Um, you know, one of the, your bigger interior defensive linemen, but there's production there and uh, there's talent there. So uh, it might be a case again where you know he's going to be in the on the practice squad or kind of a, taking a, a redshirt season, uh, but he's got a chance based on talent to make this team. Uh, looking also at uh, Devry Hamilton, six foot nine. Three hundred and ten pounds, uh, offensive tackle. Last played at Duke, but had played at Stanford uh, the previous three seasons. Uh, six foot nine, three hundred and ten pounds. Uh, that's something to work with at the very least. So he's going to get a shot to be on that development track. And you look at the offensive line, much like the defensive line. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that are on, you know, that won't be back after 2021, or whose contracts run out after 2021. And Brandon Parker fits that bill. Um, Jared Jones-Smith fits that bill. Both of those are are offensive tackles that are currently on the roster. Uh, But, you know, both of those are unknown players, right? And so don't know if Brandon Parker is even going to make the team, let alone play well enough to earn himself another chance for 2022. He's been given opportunities, hasn't been able to seize them. Uh, I know that Mike Mayock talked uh, glowingly about Jared uh, uh, Smith-Jones, or excuse me, J- uh, Jared Jones-Smith, and, and interested to see what he's all about. Uh, didn't get a chance really to see him much last year, obviously, but um, you know, in training camp, we'll be able to get a, a, a better look at, at, at him this year and see if he's going to be part of the future. Mike Mayock certainly thinks that he's got a, a future. But the point is, uh, again, uh, Jared and uh, Brandon are both here for one more year um, at the very least, but that's no guarantee that they're going to be here beyond that. So a guy like um, DeVry has a chance to maybe get into the Andre James uh, lab, just like Andre James did, and come out a couple years down the road as a potential starter. You can't rule it out. That's what I'm saying. There's just too much history of guys that have been able to take advantage of their opportunity. And I've been harping on this about – OTAs and rookie mini camps and and all that and how the union is short-sightedly and and I actually think selfishly telling younger players not to take advantage of those opportunities this year, don't participate in mini camps, don't participate in OTAs. Well, ask Alex Ingold, excuse me, Alex Ingold what he thinks about that, looking back at his own career. I mean, he's flat out told me, if I didn't have OTAs and rookie minicamp, I don't know if I'd be here right now. Who knows? It was my chance to really shine, to take advantage of reps, to show – at lunch, in the locker room, uh, in, in the weight room, what I was all about. Like that's, there's lasting impressions that are made, uh, in those situations and you take advantage of them and you're opening eyes. And that's what he said. Everybody's watching you and you understand that and you have a chance to make a good impression and set yourself up for training camp and then take advantage of that. If he didn't have that for himself, he might not have even gotten to training camp. Who knows? So it's, it's, it's really short-sighted by the Players Association. I wish they would um, reassess that stance, especially when it comes to the younger player. Hey, just want to say thanks to everybody uh, for taking part this week. Obviously, again, tomorrow we're off. Um, but uh, we'll be back at it Monday, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, Damon, happy birthday. Have fun in Tennessee. Uh, We'll check all of you guys out. Thanks to all the guests. Thanks to all the callers. Thanks for everybody that listens. You're why we do this. Thanks for all the great feedback that you're giving us too, by the way. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bajanar.